Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. So I was thinking this week, um, okay, Maggie, what are you going to do? Sometimes I call myself Maggie, sometimes I call myself Margaret, whatever, right? Okay, self, (laughs) what are you going to talk about this week? What is, um, as other people like to say, on your heart, what's on your mind? Um, I like to think of it, you know, where am I lecturing to myself in my head? You know, like, where's my subconscious saying, in the background? So I'm thinking about it and thinking about it. And it wasn't a particular topic per se, but it was more of a feeling. And it was a feeling of overflow. So what I mean by that, I titled this podcast episode, How I Elevated Into Overflow. Now, majority of this episode, I'm going to talk about overflow in the sense of money, but I don't want you to feel that overflow is limited to money. So overflow can be in regards to love. It can be in regards to time. It can be in regards to money. It can be in regards to, uh, I don't know, opportunities, uh, podcast listens, whatever, right? I don't want you to limit it. So even though I'm talking about money, if there's something else that triggers in your brain or pops up and you're like, oh, overflow would mean blah for me, then run with it. Just every time I say the word money, replace whatever that thing would be. Um, So I'm thinking about it and I was like, man, I'm just focusing on overflow. And the reason why I say that is because um, I know I've alluded to it in the past, but I still work a traditional nine to five. And I love it and I choose to and I don't want to give it up anytime soon. Yes, I do USANA on the side. Yes, I have my podcast. Um, I do other things. I do consulting on the side, but I really like my nine to five. I like the structure it gives me. I like the work that I do. I get to work with my husband every single day. So until that doesn't feel good anymore, I'm not going to give it up. So with that being said, um, we right now in the industry that I work in, I work in the power sports industry, um, the industry we're working right now, um, it's spring break is coming. And so it looks like things are going to start drying up. A lot of new units aren't coming in for the sales department to sell. I'm necessarily getting the same amount of phone calls I would be getting being the parts manager, um, asking for, I don't know, things like axles and oil filters and air filters and stuff like that. Uh, Ben, um, he's a service manager. He's not getting, the same volume of uh, service requests and things like that. So on the surface, it would look like things are drying up. So where, I'm going to pick on him a little bit, but where Ben would be like, oh, the next two weeks because of spring break are going to be slow and blah, 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 blah. You know, I kept the faith and I kept the mentality that no, there's more than enough. If I, that's Holly, uh, that's Holly's squeaky toy. That's not Holly doing other things. She likes to sit on it, so just bear, bear with me. Yep, that, that was Holly, too. All right, anywho. So, <laughs> where I kept the faith that there's more than enough, um, there is overflow for what I desire. I just have to be an energetic match towards it. Again, picking on my husband a little bit, Ben was like, if I don't see it, it can't exist. And some people would call that faith. I call it just faith in myself and faith in what I want. Um, It doesn't have to be tied to like a religious belief, for example. So I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, okay, I know I'm cool and all, but I'm not that cool that I can just have like this blind faith. You know, I've been with my husband. We've been together since we were 16 years old. So what, you know, clearly like we have a lot of the same mentalities, mindsets, beliefs, habits, blah, blah, blah. What am I doing differently that I have this blind faith that there's more than enough, that I'm still going to have the same level of a paycheck? I'm still good. It doesn't matter how many people show up. I'm still going to have blah, 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 blah. And I kept thinking about that. I'm like, you know what? I think what's changed is over the past couple of years, I have been focusing on um, elevating my minimum to maximums, which I always refer to. It's literally probably my most favorite podcast ever I've recorded. Um, But part of that was when I was focusing on creating and fixing my minimums and my maximums, I had a really hard time focusing on my maximums because I never felt like there could be more than enough. So a couple years ago, and I can't remember when, but a couple years ago, um, this was 
actually, I think this was either the first or second course I bought from Amanda, I think this was the second, the second course I bought, yeah, from Amanda Francis, and it was um, called The Energy, wow. oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm leaving the squeaks in, uh, it's called The Energy and Frequency of Money, or, you know, uh, Drop Your Money Struggles, so I bought the course, it was a couple hundred bucks back in the day, um, and I've probably watched it maybe 60, 70 times, and mind you, it's like 15 videos, and they're all anywhere from 30 to 50 minutes long, and I've easily watched it 50 times since I bought the course. It's a lifetime course. If there's ever updates, you get the updates. I love it. So what I was slowly working on fixing was my minimums. Um, that wasn't that hard. It was easy for me to fill in and plug the leaks and the gaps in my beliefs. What I had a really hard time was the maximum. And so I couldn't get my, I couldn't get out of my own way. So basically when I bought the course, the reason why I bought the course hundred percent is there's a section in the um, course that's called elevated and overflow. And more so than any, there's the drop your money struggle, which is like part one of the course, if you want to call it that. Um, and then part two would be elevated and overflow. I've listened to Drop Your Money Struggle. I think that there's a lot of value in that section of the course, but where I am beyond of freaking sess and going back to that mentality I was talking about earlier, um, where I can believe that there's more than enough, even if I can't see it, even if I can't tangibly put my hands on it, but I have a faith behind it, it's because of this portion of the course. So there's two videos. I was thinking, I'm like, okay, so how am I going to talk to this? Because you guys can't see the course, you can't see this, and how do I translate all of this to something that you guys can feel where I'm coming from. So there's two videos that I was looking in the back end of the course. It's called The Energy and Overflow of Abundance. And then the other one that really moved me and that I love and I watch and listen to all the time is Elevating into Overflow, The Art of More Than Enough. So I want to talk about having more than enough. It's one of those things, like I said, elevating into overflow can look at like a ton of different things. For me, I was very specific. I had more than enough love in my life. I had an amazing husband. I have my fur babies. We had stable housing. We had all the things that I might have wished for had we not had them. So where I wanted to quote unquote elevate into overflow was my money. I wanted to have the feeling that whenever I logged into our bank account, there was more than enough. Whenever I swiped my debit card, there was more than enough. Whenever I um, went to use a credit card, it had a zero balance and I had so much of a, um, um, credit limit that it was, you know, I couldn't fathom thinking of spending all of it. Uh, if Ben wanted to go on vacation, we could do it. If Ben wanted to buy a tool, we could do it. I wanted that sense of freedom when it came to our money, because before that, every time we would spend money, it felt like I had a Rob Peter to pay Paul, even if that wasn't technically the case. The energy behind it, and if you're listening to me and you've listened to however many episodes I've produced at this point, you know that energy is pretty much everything. Energy is going to dictate how you actually do something, but more so how you feel about it, so therefore how you're going to react because of how you feel. So everything that we were doing felt like we were robbing people to Peter to pay Paul, or if I did this one thing, and it didn't matter what it was, if I did this one thing, I was taking away the opportunity to do something else. So if and I'll try and give you an example from back in the day. So, um, I don't know, let's, let's pick something silly, shoes, right? So if I went and I had, you know, because Ben and I, we've always had this running joke of what an allowance we've had um, when, it come to, when it came to money, you know, our free money, you could, you know, mad money, whatever you want to call it, money you could spend on and the other person, you know, didn't care, didn't have a say, yada, yada, yada. So if I had my fun money, and I wanted to go ahead and buy these one pairs of shoes, for example, and say I had the fun money sitting in the account, ready there or in my wallet being re ready to be spent. I used to have this feeling that if I walked into Ross or if I went to the mall, um, I couldn't buy the thing I wanted because then there would never be enough for the next thing I wanted. So a big thing has always been for me, I've been an avid reader forever, um, like, I'm talking, I clear anywhere from 150 to 250 books a year. Not, not in my lifetime. Every single year I'm reading anywhere from 150 to 250 books. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes. I actually just started creating a page on my website that um, I'll build up over time and I'll link all the books that have made such an impact. Um, because 
was talking about it with my dad, and I know I'm doing story on top of story, but bear with me. Um, I don't want to be, as I grow the podcast, as I grow all of this, I don't want to be that person that kind of hides how I've gotten where I am. Um, I think the ability to be transparent is going to be what makes me stand out. And it has nothing to do with standing out. I feel that, I shouldn't say stand out, the ability for me to be transparent not only will help myself grow, but it'll help you grow too. Because there's no freaking way I can individually meet with all of you. There's no freaking way I could go and know your backstories and hold your hands and give guidance and do all these things. But if I'm transparent of the struggles I've had in my past, if I'm transparent in regards to the things I've done or the things I've implemented, what worked, what didn't, why it did, why it didn't, then maybe you can learn from me and I can help shorten your learning curve, even if you never meet me in person. So to that point, like I said, I just started um, a page on the website. It's, uh, it's margaretstevens.co slash books I love. That's the name of the URL. Um, so I was thinking about all of this. I'm thinking about overflow and you know, I, going back to that first, that original story before I went story on story with you guys and gals, um, you know, if, because I've always been an avid reader before Amazon was a thing, before Amazon Kindle Unlimited was a thing, I would have a certain amount of a budget and, you know, there was only so many books I could get at the library or maybe I wanted to own something. So I would, <laughs> and then God, I wish I had invested in Amazon back in the day, but I would buy books on Amazon before it was Amazon where it just sold books. I would buy books on Amazon or I would buy books on eBay because that was the only way it could make my dollar stretch. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but the reason why I did it wasn't because I was trying to get the best bang for my buck and I got excited from it. The reason why I actually used to do it is because I had this belief that I would only have this fun money maybe once or twice and it would be insanely hard to come back and I could never do it again. So I didn't have this belief of overflow and abundance. I had this belief of I have to make every single penny count because I might never be able to do it again. And that was so freaking stressful. And more so than anything, it used to harm our marriage because every time Ben would ask me about something, I was always super wishy-washy or I was always stressed out about money and I'm normally the one that handles the quote-unquote money. So I, I always like to joke, Ben is the CFO, he creates the vision, um, he creates the goals and then I'm like, how the fuck are we gonna achieve those goals? I'm the accountant. I'm the one reconciling on the back end. I'm the one doing the silly, you know, data entry, all those little things, right? So both of us play a part in this. So where he would be a visionary and say, hey, we can make more money if we did this. I, on the back end, because I had no faith that there was more money that could exist because I didn't grow up in a world where money just flowed and existed. I was like, okay, well, that's a great idea, but there's never enough to do that. So let's just pass. <laughs> so as I was thinking about overflow in general in the past couple of weeks in regards to our day jobs and what we're doing um, and where, it, it, like I said, it just kind of caught me off guard. It wasn't something I expected. It wasn't even something I expected to talk about. So where I'm having this belief of, of course there's more than enough. Of course I'm gonna sell 15 wet sound blah, 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 blahs at a thousand bucks a pop. Of course I'm gonna sell this. Of course I'm gonna sell that. It's inevitable that I make all this money because it's inevitable that it's inevitable. Like, like you can't tell me otherwise. That's like telling me the sky is not blue. Like, no, the sky is blue. No, I breathe oxygen. <laughs> like, these are infutable things. So where I had that belief, Ben was like, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. And he was just, it, like, it made me pause. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, where did I get this from? And then it kind of clicked. Well, duh, you've been watching and, you know, learning slash brainwashing yourself that there is more than enough. And I say brainwashing in the most loving sense because a lot of what we do, um, and our brain does this intentionally, our brain will go ahead and create barriers in our life so that it can protect us because there is this real thing called decision fatigue. And I could geek out with you guys and I could talk about the marketing and why Amazon has the one click option. And if you can't sell something within three steps or less, your decision fatigue ratio goes through the roof. So therefore your conversion ratio goes down through the floor, yada, yada, yada. None of that matters, right? Where I have this unshakable belief that there's more than enough, it's because I've trained my brain 
that it doesn't have to freak out and be fatigued to recognize that there's more than enough. So I'll give you another current day example. Um, at the Pirate Sports dealership that we work at, we have won awards in the last year um, from two of our vendors, Kawasaki and Can-Am, uh, two manufacturers, so like Honda, Toyota, whatever, right? So we won two awards for most volume sales out of the entire state. So it's a huge award, it's a huge recognition, tons of perks, blah, blah, blah. And all three departments, sales, service, and parts, have to hit crazy good numbers for you to qualify. You can't just kill it in one section and then suck in another section. So that means me, Ben, and then whoever the, the current sales manager is right now, all three of us had to totally crush it. And so where I'm thinking, of course there's more than enough, of course there's more than enough, of course there's more than enough, I've got Ben that I kind of have to re-wake up and be like, hey, there's always more than enough. And then our sales manager, May Lynn, she has basically run out of units to sell. And I was thinking about that earlier today. So she, quote unquote, on the surface. So this is where I go. This is how you can tell someone's mentality and not trying to judge or be mean, just being honest. This is how you can tell someone's mentality. Um, if they have a, a lack of mentality or an overflow abundance mentality. So Maylin currently has less than 20 units to sell where she's used to having two to 300 units to sell. Um, and that's how she makes a living. She's a salesperson. She's a really good salesperson. So because of that, she's only seeing what's physically in front of her. She's only seeing, oh, I only have 15 motorcycles and I don't know, like five generators to sell. I'm used to having hundred, you know, two to 300 units to sell at any given time, or I could order the unit I want if I can't have it on, you know, currently in stock. So she's been complaining and the other person in sales, Tom's been complaining that they have nothing to sell. They have nothing to sell. So they started creating this mantra and this belief that they have nothing to sell. Mind you, what I've been doing on my side of the, the world and Parklandia is I have been overstocking the Jesus out of rims and tires and oil filters, air filters and speakers and helmets and gloves and goggles and blah, da, 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 all these things, right? Partially because I didn't want to stress out that when things were going on and off backward, because again, COVID still exists. This is a thing, depending on when you're listening to this right now in this reality, COVID still exists. So I'm running into supply chain issues. So where you would normally, again, more behind the scenes stuff, but like where I would normally be able to order a helmet and it would come within a day or two or maybe three days, depending on what warehouse it's coming from. I'm having to order all my helmets in batches because everything is coming in and out of stock so quickly. And then it's not even that. It's like what happened with toilet paper gate is happening in my world too, but it's having longer shelf life issues. So not everyone can just make a helmet. There's only certain people that can make a helmet and there's only certain people that have the plastics and the graphics and the clips and the visors and this. So there's a lot of moving parts that go into making a helmet. So when the manufacturers of said helmet are making helmets, they make them six months in advance. And when they're out, they're out. They don't have any more to like just poof and snap their fingers and sell. So where I didn't want to stress out, I have intentionally overstocked all of the normal consumable things that people are going to need. And sometimes it stresses me out a tick of how much inventory I have because I've never managed this level of inventory in my life. And it's a lot of a responsibility that I take seriously. But at the same time, where I have created a literal overflow of parts so that when someone comes in to the dealership, if they want to buy goggles, I easily on the floor at any given time have 60 different versions of goggles that they can pick from. So I've created overflow. So I've created abundance in our store and in my department. So now I've got people coming from two and three hours away. And when they come in and they buy stuff, they're like, wow, you've got helmets, you've got goggles, you've got this, you've got that. So where an average transaction that they came for this one particular part would have been like, say, a $50 part. I'm turning that $50 sale into a $200 to $500 sale just because I physically have an abundance of things that I've intentionally created. So going back to the sales team so that this all makes sense. So where I love my sales team and I appreciate what they do, they have a lack mentality because they're only focusing on, let's say, the 20 units that are physically in the store. And they keep thinking, oh, we used to have 300 units to sell. Now we only have 20. Well, I can't sell anything. Therefore, I can't make money. 
And my thought this morning, or in, well, I should say earlier today, was that's not ultimately true. If they went to me, the parts manager, and said, hey, Maggie, there's clearly not enough units on the floor to sell, but if someone comes in and I sell a set of rims and tires, can I get a commission? I would go to my GM and say, hey, you know, clearly they don't have a ton of units to sell, but I have tons of rims and tires and goggles and snorkels and yada, yada, yada that they can sell. I'm willing to, you know, give up a little bit of the department's commission percentage for them because they're making a sale. So instead of thinking of that abundance, literally that's staring them in the face 40 something hours a week, because it's not like I hide all this stuff. The building that we're in, there's not these, like, I have one room where I do kind of store a bunch of like ugly parts in, like oil, not oil, nah, like gaskets, O-rings, washers, nuts, things like that, right? That are manufacturer specific. But I'm talking all the fancy stuff, the rims, the tires, the goggles, the helmets, the jerseys, the gloves, you know, all of that stuff, the, the sound bars, all of that's physically on the floor and you have to pass all of it to do anything. Go to the bathroom, you have to pass everything. Go to the coffee machine, you have to pass it. Go to your desk, you have to pass it. Go to the counter, you have to pass it. So they're literally surrounded and having to walk around abundance and overflow, but because they have a lack mentality, they can't see any of it. And so it just blew my mind and I was like, holy shit. I have a different belief and mentality and mindset and they don't. And because of that, I'm going to make bank and they're not. And it's not a bad thing. I'm not judging them. I, you know, I wish I could open their eyes, but for the people that want to open their eyes, that's the whole point of why I'm creating this podcast. And specifically this one, this is why, like, I want for you guys to understand, gals, guys, everyone, I want y'all to understand that when I talk about elevating into overflow, I didn't have this mentality forever ago. I had, just like I've given examples earlier in the podcast, I've had a very lack mentality when it came to abundance and overflow. And I had this belief that there's not enough. So because there's not enough, I'm going to have to either hold on to everything I have, I'm going to have to fight and then hold on to everything I have because again, there's not enough. And that's not ultimately true. We are surrounded by abundance is just sometimes, well, I shouldn't say sometimes, majority of the time we have conditioned our brain to block all of it out so that we can function and not have decision fatigue. So an example that marketers use all the time is say you go out uh, to the car dealership and you buy a new car and it's a red, I don't, I don't freaking know. Um, let's say it's a red F-150 truck, right? Just something I can think of. When you are looking to buy that car and then you buy that car because you've been so focused on that car when you're driving around town or wherever you're driving, you're now going to see, you know, red F-150s everywhere. And it's because your brain has woken up to the fact of, oh, there is an abundance of red F-150s. My brain was just so overwhelmed because, again, stimulation is everything right now. My brain was so overwhelmed, it blocked it all out. And I believe when it comes to elevating into overflow, it's the same thing. And I don't want to sound preachy in this podcast and be like, I know everything about elevating into overflow. I'm constantly growing and challenging my own versions because right now I may have a lack belief in, I don't know, going to the, being able to, so I do, I'll tell you where I have a lack mentality right now, being able to go to the gym five nights a week where I go right now, I currently go to boxing three nights a week and I would love to be able to go four or five nights a week where I have the lack mentality and I have to check myself and I have to recognize that there is abundance everywhere. I have badass Tracy Anderson, like four Tracy Anderson DVDs that I could be doing at home that I love her DVDs. They're a great workout. They give me great posture, great results, blah, 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 blah. So if my ultimate goal would be, I want to exercise more. And I'm only looking at, well, I can't make into boxing more than three times a week. I am literally using a lack mentality and not an overflow mentality. So an overflow mentality would be, okay, cool. I go to boxing three nights a week, but maybe I run two nights a week. Maybe I do um, yoga DVDs. Maybe I do Tracy Anderson DVDs. Maybe I do pasture walks with the dogs. Maybe I do um, a hit exercise. Maybe I do, maybe I do, maybe I do, maybe I do. So I would be able to look at all of these options and not focus on, I can only go to boxing three nights a week. Therefore I can only work out three nights a week, even though I want to work out more. So 
I don't, like I said, I don't want to come across that I have the answer to all of this, but I do want to be very candid and very honest and transparent of how in a very short time frame I've changed a lot of my mentality specifically on money just because that's what I've been working on for the past couple of years. I've changed a lot of my mentality of a lower middle class person to someone that sees abundance everywhere. And so just to give you guys some examples, um, I haven't, I don't know when I'm going to come out with it. I'm still in the process of recording the content and creating the content, but I'm creating the content in regards to um, what I do every year to plan for the next year so I can grow and so Ben can grow and we can grow as a family and we can grow together. Um, but again, a lot of it comes from if I didn't have the foundation work from Amanda's course, I would never be able to do this ever. Like I tried in the past and it used to blow up in my face because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't get my energy behind it. I didn't have any faith. And the reason why I didn't have any faith is because I never worked through my own limiting beliefs of there's not enough. So the flip side of that would be, um, and I'll give you a little insight to it. So I wrote out what I want 2021 to look like for us. And I called it 2021 Wealthy Woman and Cash Overflow. And so some of here are the things I've written down that are kind of like mantra slash journal prompts that I want to quote unquote beat into my brain and make it so that it feels like it's a fiber of my being and that I would just, of course, believe it. Just like I was saying, of course, I would believe the sky is blue. Of course, I would believe these things that I'm working on over the next year. So one of the things is going to be... Um, let me read it. Hold on. Uh, da, da, da. Okay. It's safe for us to drown in cash in our checking and savings accounts all year long. So back in the day, again, previous mags had the belief that I could make money, but it only could be during winter. And I, I can't even explain why it's so dumb. I can only make money during winter and I can only have a really fat bank account and savings account during winter. And Ben can only make really good side money during winter. But when June, July, and August came, we would lose all of our money because it was hot out. And when I say that out loud, it's so, it sounds so fucking retarded. Like, it's hot out, so therefore you lose money. That makes no sense. And my justification would be, well, the electric bill goes up by 50 bucks. And then I would, you know, like, you would count and be like, okay, so you spent $50 more on electricity. That doesn't mean you lose all of your money. So that's a belief that I have continuously beat into my brain that it is safe for us to drown. I'm not talking just have, I'm talking Scrooge McDuck, 1990s, diving through cash in a bank vault, drown in our shaving, or <laughs> shavings, checking and savings account all year long. So that's a mantra that I've like, I keep saying over and over and over and over again. Another one is that um, let's see, da, 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 da. I make so much money that it's impossible for us to have debt. So, yeah, I've talked in the previous episode about how we're trying to build a building on the property and there's other things and other goals that Ben and I have. And it doesn't matter that it sounds unrealistic. It doesn't matter that I love my traditional nine to five and I don't want to leave it and that I do things on the side. It's irrelevant of how I make the money, but literally Ben and I, Again, my belief system and what I'm training my brain to see is that there's so many opportunities everywhere and I can make so much money everywhere and Ben can make so much money everywhere that it's literally impossible for us to have debt because we make so much money. I want that to be my new belief. I want that to be my new reality so that I never hold myself back and I never pass up on something just because it's new or it's different. Um, let's see, uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to think what's the next one I want to share. Okay, the last one that I want to share with you guys is I can decide to grow my income whenever I want. It doesn't have to be realistic to become a reality. So that one, that one's probably the one I've been focusing on, let's say the last month or so, right? That one, I love it because, again, right now, in all quote quotes, and I'm using air quotes, you can't see me, but I'm, I'm doing the fingers, all reality, I shouldn't be having really great paychecks. I shouldn't be crushing the numbers, but yet, you know, that's not the true reality. I don't believe into that. I don't buy into that. I've created abundance in my day job. And because of that, I'm making more than I've ever made in my life. I have awards 
to prove that we're selling so much volume that we've beat out every other dealership in the state. And there's like 60, 70 other dealerships that have way bigger bank accounts, way bigger teams. My team in my department alone, just to give you guys perspective, on a dealership level of what you would assume we would be at, my staff in my department should be five to seven people, right? I had two, me <laughs> and my other guy, that was my parts associate. There was two of us. I just maybe a month and a half ago was able to hire a third person to take some work off of our plate because we had gotten so busy and so far behind that even staying late and coming in early didn't do anything. So we finally hired a third person. But if you look at it, everything from the surface level, we only have two people. We live in East BFE, blah, 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 COVID, whatever, right? None of the numbers that I'm producing should ever make sense. But that's where I go back to because of, and I'm giving 100% credit to her, because of Amanda Francis's course, specifically the one video about elevating into overflow, the art of having more than enough, she's really, really good at breaking down the stereotypes, the mentality, the is that true, no, that's not fucking true beliefs that we all have that get in the way of overflow. Because I always joke, that, you know, if you take care of your minimums, the maximums take care of themselves. And to a degree, that is true. But the other part of it, too, is you should be able to make more money because you want to make more money. And that's it. You shouldn't have to justify it. You shouldn't have to feel that you need permission. You shouldn't have to explain it to anyone. You shouldn't have to be like, oh, well, I don't know how I'm going to make more money. Or I don't know the realities of making more money. None of that matters. If you have this deep desire to make more money, to bring more abundance into your household, then like, I just want to hug you because it takes, and I'm totally, I promised myself I wouldn't cry, but like, it takes such courage to say, no, I want more. I'm raising my hand. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to see things differently. I'm willing to buy a course. I'm willing to listen to a podcast. I'm willing to do journal prompts. I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. It takes so much faith and strength to say I'm willing, I want more and I'm willing to do the work that it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to say it other than like, I love you. You're amazing. I wish I could hug you. I know COVID, blah, 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 but I still wish I'm giving you a digital hug right now. I'm giving you an ear hug. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to give you an ear hug right now. So this is me ear hugging you and saying, by you raising your hand and saying that you want more and that you want to bring more income and more abundance into your household, I'm hugging you because I pro like I said, promise I'm not going to cry. I'm going to try really hard, but like, I wish I could help you guys understand. And maybe in the broken arm episode that I did, I think it was like two podcasts ago, maybe that can give you a glimpse into what our lives look like. We always were lucky. We were always grateful. Like always, always, always. Ben and I have always been grateful. But there were some rocky, ugly times because we didn't have enough fucking money. Like, I don't want to sugarcoat it. If it wasn't for him, we would be in a fuck ton of more debt. If it wasn't for him giving up his time, giving up his energy, he has new scars on his body because of the things he had to do. He has new joint aches and pains because of the things he's had to do. Like, he's paid for where we are with his body. And I am beyond grateful and I'll I, sometimes I feel like I'm never going to be able to repay that because if it wasn't for him and if it wasn't for his belief that there was more out there he just had to get it we wouldn't be where we are today so he in that sense gave me the space to wrap my brain around well Ben believes that there's more I don't clearly believe that there's more hmm well, maybe let me find someone to teach me how that I can wrap my brain around the fact that there's more, that I can have a better paycheck, that I can make more money, that more money can come into our household, that he can make a better paycheck, that he doesn't have to do things that stress him the fuck out, that, you know, beat the shit out of his body, that give him new scars, that because he's welding so much, he's losing his eyesight or, what you know, because of all the whatever, he's blown it. Like, I, I guess... Because he was able to have it, I'm trying to say this the most succinctly possible, but it's not coming out like that, but that's okay. You guys know me. You guys know me. Y'all know the method is Maggie a little bit because I'm transparent. So 
even though he had a little bit of a skewed reality of I have to work hard or nothing happens, he at least had the mentality that there was more out there as long as he worked hard. And that mindset and mentality was able to open up my brain to be like, holy shit, there's more out there, period. I wonder if there's a different way to get more because sacrificing my husband and his brain and his body and his everything is not something I want to sacrifice anymore. It's not something I'm willing to sacrifice anymore. So for me, in my sense, I was so grateful and I love him so deeply. And again, we've been together since we were 16 years old that I knew that there, you know, for again, from him, I knew that there was more out there, but I wasn't willing to use him as a pawn or a sacrifice to get more. And I, I, I can't tell you how much I prayed like, and I'm not even that big of a religious person, you know, it, we, we have our moments, Scott and I, but I can't fucking tell you how much I prayed to see a different answer, to do something differently. And it's ironic that USANA and Amanda Francis came into my life at the same time. USANA was a vehicle. I'm going to be forever grateful to that vehicle. I'm going to be forever grateful for everything it's done for my family and myself and my body. But the other part of it is... If I didn't have Amanda's teachings, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like I emailed her, what was it, like two years ago when we first moved out to this part of Florida. I cried when I emailed her. I emailed her and I said, I just want to tell you thank you. Um, and it was a private email. And I, I said, I just want to tell you thank you. I have been following your work for years. I've bought multiple courses. I've done your payment plans when I had no clue how the fuck I was going to come up with the money. Um, I've worked motorcycle events till 11, 12 o'clock at night after working a six hour, you know, six hour, eight hour day, just so I can make an extra hundred bucks so I can make the payment plan money. You know, I have worked my face off to be able to afford you. And because of that, we literally two years ago, doubled what we've made in the last like four years, probably combined. Like we were some broke ass bitches. <laughs> Um, lots of love, but no money. And I just cried when I eat, when I wrote that email and I just said, if you didn't have the faith and the belief and the courage to put your content out there, to put your work out there, um, I don't know that I would have been where I am today because of you, you've collapsed time for me. And I, I've talked about the episode of collapsing time, but because of her work, she collapsed time for me. And she emailed me back, you know, like her support team emailed me back and they're like, oh my God, we're crying too. Thank you so much for telling us. Because I told, I said thank you to her. I said thank you to her graphic designer. I said thank you to her, to her email support team. I said literally probably thank you to every single person as part of her team that helped get her message out there. Because I was so, and I am, I'm so fucking grateful. And then she, she emailed me back, which I saved. And she's like, you know, you're so welcome. And if I ever see her, well, when I see her in person one day, I'm going to have to try really fucking hard to not hug her and cry because I'm that fucking grateful. She didn't do the work. I did the work, but she made it a fuck ton easier to get where I am today. So because of that, I want to do the same thing. I want to make it a fuck, fuck ton easier for you to get where you need to be. You may not be there right now. You may need a little more faith. You need, may need a little bit more time. But if I didn't stumble across her, I don't know where we'd be today. Like, maybe we'd be here, but maybe I would be super fearful. We would never spend money. We would never do this. We would never do that. Maybe, you know, we wouldn't have won those awards because I would have been too afraid to buy parts for the parts dealership or the, the power sports dealership. Maybe, 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 maybe. And I was thinking about that. As I'm trying not to cry. And, you know, the other part of me is like, well, I, another belief that I have come up with, again, over time, is that I think we should pay people. And I love setting unrealistic goals. Um, I love being able to take actions, get out of my own way, and hit those goals, especially when people are like, how the fuck are you going to hit that? And I go, I don't know. And then they look at me and they have this freaked out face. They're like, oh my God. She set a goal and she doesn't know how she's going to hit it. And I'm like, yep. And then I hit it anyway. But the other part of it is I have this belief that if I don't know something, I'm willing to hire someone to teach me. 
So my, my mantra for a couple, I don't know, probably about two years in the past used to be, I'm great with money. And when I don't know, I hire someone to teach me. And I've always looked at it as, okay, you're willing to go to the grocery store and buy food. You're willing to, I don't know, get your eyebrows done. You're willing to do this. You're willing to do that. You're willing to do all these things and pay people to do something that either you don't know how to do or you can't do or you don't want to do or whatever. Why should learning about money be, be any different? And so every time I've bought a course in her past, every time I've set up a payment plan or signed up for her payment plan, or my favorite is when I'll buy a course, I'll intentionally do it on a payment plan. And then I just start attracting more and more money and I can email her team and be like, hey, I know I'm set up on a payment plan, but I'd like to pay everything off because I have enough money to do so. And her team will be like, sure, no problem. You know, blah, 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 blah. We'll send you the link. And, you know, a good portion of the time her team's been like, because you're paying off early, we're going to give you a discount. And I'm like, holy fuck, I'm getting rewarded for paying off things early. So I have no problem whatsoever paying someone to help me get where I am, to help me collapse time. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but her course, that specific course, Drop Your Money Struggle, specifically those two videos I mentioned and that are in the Elevate, Elevate Into Overflow bundle, because of that, my mentality has shifted. And I don't want to, again, I've said this probably two or three times already in this episode, but I don't want to sound like, oh, I have all the answers. Because, like, I don't. I'm not the end-all, being-all, omnipresent thing that knows everything. And I'm not making, like, Bezos money, right? You know, one day, but not today. So because of that, the reason why I'm so obsessed about this course and I was willing to put a podcast episode and I'm willing to cry on a podcast and tell you my stories and share my soul is because I feel that one of the things I've known and I've paid attention to over the years is that when I do something... I start looking at, okay, let me rephrase. If I invest my time and or money into something, I'm looking at it as, is that something that I can grow with or that can grow with me? Or is that only going to serve me for a specific place and time in my life? So the money course is a great example. The principles and the journal prompts and the videos that she's teaching, literally when I was making garbage, garbage money and again i don't want to shame anyone so that's why i hesitated for a couple seconds on saying a number because it's not shameful it's money you work hard for it and you should never be ashamed but i clearly am making more than i was back in the day so when i was making basically nothing and we were always you know hand to mouthish, you know <laughs> the principles worked back in the day they got me to where i am today but what i am also more than anything grateful is that they're going to get me to my next level i already set a crazy unrealistic goal ben already set some crazy unrealistic goals they're on our dry erase board so that every time we walk in and out of the house we have this back room that we see this dry erase board and my dad saw it one day when he was walking in and he's like how the freak are you gonna hit all this shit and i'm like i don't know but I've got faith. I'm willing to put the work in. I'm willing to see things differently. I'm willing to be guided. I'm willing to take inspired action. I'm willing to dream bigger and think bigger. And because of that, our lives will be better. But also the lives of the people that we impact will be better. We can donate more to charities. Um, we can donate more to the massive, massive uh, rescue society. We can donate to more people to get water wells. We can donate for food. We can donate for Kiva. There's so many other things that we can give abundance to because we have more than enough as well. So the next thing that I've been, and the one thing I've been focusing on, I shouldn't say one thing. One of the things I've been focusing on is when I'm making a decision to buy something. So say after all of this blabbing that I've been doing and calling and demon trying to chime in on the podcast, say after all of this, you're like, well, how do we know if this course is right for me? I would ask you, first off, go to the link in the show notes because it'll take you right there. It's going to be a thousand times simpler than me trying to rattle off a website and you remember it. Let's make this easy. Go to the link in the show notes. Click on it. It'll take you right there, right? So you go to that link. You click on it. It's on the website, marcusstevens.co, right? Da, 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 da. It's there. I would have you look at it and then first stop and feel and then feel, is this something that I want to do but I'm just afraid? Okay, cool. If that's the case, look into that a little bit more. But the other thing, too, is I want you to look at this and 
understand that if you do buy the course that I've spent God knows how many minutes, because I'm not even looking at the timer at this point, recommending and sharing my soul about, I want you to understand that this is not a stagnant course. And she's even inspired me, which is kind of what's taking me so long on the back end. I don't ever want to create something that's stagnant. I don't ever want to create something that you can only use it at this level of income or this moment in your life, and then it's irrelevant. I want things to be timeless because a lot of her work is timeless, and I deeply appreciate that. And I, go, I can go over to it over and over again, and I can still learn from it. So that's the other thing I want you to think of. If you end up buying the course, which I hope you do, and if you do, message me and I will figure out a sweet ass bonus to give you. Um, I don't have anything official listed right now, but message me and say, hey, about the course, send me a copy of the receipt and I'll get you a sweet ass bonus, I promise. But if you buy the course, I want you to understand that you can do the work right now, you can have massive shifts, and then six months from now, when you're ready to elevate again, you can do it again. And when you're ready in a year from now, you can do it again. And when you're ready two years from now, you can do it again. And you can keep on elevating into overflow. The overflow doesn't stop. That's the whole point of overflow. There's more than enough. We just got to train your brain what that looks like. So before I totally start crying and sounding like a dweeb, um, I want to give you some journal prompts. And maybe this will help you decide if you want to buy the course or not. Or if you just want to look at your own mentality about overflow. You know, are you me in this scenario of where I'm buying all these parts and being a parts manager that still crushes records, even though it's in the middle of COVID and none of this should matter? Or are you the sales department where you're only looking at the 20 units in front of you and literally tripping over possibilities, but are ignoring them because you've trained your brain to ignore them? So which one are you? So with that being said, and that preface, Here's your journal prompts. What does overflow look like for you? And again, I know I said it in the beginning of the episode, but overflow can be whatever you want it to be. If you want it to be, want it to be about money, let it be about money. Don't, don't rein it in. If you want it to be about love, let it be about love. If you want it to be about time, let it be about time. If you want it to be about your health, about your exercise, about whatever, let it be about that. But I do want you to answer and I want you to journal these prompts. Yeah, I think that made sense. Anywho, I want you to write up these answers. What does overflow look like for you? And don't hold back because unless you share it with them, no one's going to see this. So you can go as big and as far and as deep as you want, but I want you to write it all out. And then from there, the second prompt I want you to write out is what limiting beliefs does it bring up? And the other part of this, are those ultimately true? And whatever the limiting belief is, because I don't want to give you some crazy examples and throw you off, but whatever it is, oh, I can't do X because of Y. I can't do this because of Y. I can't do this because of Y. I want you to go back and disprove every single one of them. I want you to figure out a way to be like, that is not ultimately true. I can't, So I'm going to make up something silly, right? Just so you get what I mean. The limiting belief would be um, overflow to me looks like winning the lotto. And then the limiting belief would be, well, I never win the lotto. And then I would go back and answer, is that ultimately true? No, that just means maybe I need to buy five different lotto tickets a week and budget 20 bucks a month for a lot. I don't, I'm making it up. I need to budget 20 bucks a month for a lotto. And that gives me 20 different chances every single month to win the lotto. So I know it's a silly example, but I want you to look at whatever your limiting belief is. And I want you to find a way around it, under it, through it, whatever, so that you can get to the other side and see, hey, that isn't true. I'm not the salesperson that won't look at anything and pass my nose and sell nothing. I'm the person that looks at abundance everywhere and I'm willing to sell it all. So journal prompt number three would be when you've looked at overflow and you see what that looks like for you, what desires does that bring up? And I go desires and I, what I mean is what emotions does it bring up? Does it bring spaciousness? Does it bring um, excitement? Does it bring energy? Does it bring passion? Does it bring expansiveness? Does it bring joy? What things does it make you feel that are positive so that you can go and you can anchor yourself in all of these feelings when you're thinking about overflow? And from that, I want you to use journal prompt number four as a way to take action. So that would be 
Are there any whispers or inspired actions that you're feeling that you need to take to make a shift? So some of you might need to take that course and experience what I've experienced and get my sweet ass bonuses. And that's how you're going to take a shift. Some of you might need to journal out these prompts and email them to me privately so we can cry together. And that's going to be your shift. Maybe you need to buy the course, do the thing, buy the book, do whatever. You know, maybe you need to take all these prompts and journal them and share them with your significant other. And that's your shift. Whatever your shift is, whatever little inkling that you have in the back of your brain, take action on it. It's not, it's not doing it to steer you in the wrong direction. It's doing it because it's trying to give you guidance. You just have to listen. And then my last journal prompt for you would be, what are you going to do to reaffirm your faith? Fancy word right there. <laughs> what are you going to do to reaffirm your faith even when it looks like it's not working? Now, I'm not going to make that a whole episode because that, that in its own could be its own episode. I will tell you that learning how to reaffirm your faith even when it looks like it's not working is taught in that course. And I don't know that I could teach it better. So I want to leave it to Amanda in the Drop Your Money Struggle course to truly teach that. But some of the things I will tell you that I do is, like I told you, when I was reading off my what was it, like three different uh, mantras, every single year I write out a bunch of different mantras that make me feel expansive. I pick words that make me feel expansive. I pick goals that make me feel expansive. I pick actions that make me feel expansive. I pick all of these things to know that even when it looks like it's not working, even when I'm like, well, how the hell am I going to do this? I have something tangible that I can grab onto. I have something that's a mantra that I can reaffirm to myself. I have something that I can journal out. I have something I can chant to myself. I have something that I can get out of my own way and then I can go and create whatever it is the hell I wanted because I'm not going to be the one that holds myself back and I don't want you to be the one that holds yourself back either. So that being said, you've got the journal prompts. If you want them because you're listening to them and you're doing whatever it is you're doing, don't worry about it. They're all going to be in the show notes. Everything's in the show notes. So I'll have the links to the course. If you're interested in the course, that'll be in the show notes. I'll have the links to the blog, the blog that has the journal prompts. Um, that'll be in the show notes. And like I said, if you buy the course, email me, send me a copy of your receipt, and I will give you some sweet ass bonuses. And depending on when you email me, you might even get some courses that I haven't, like I have courses in the background that I've created, um, but I've never shared them anywhere else. They're hidden in my website and you have to have special permission to access them. So that might be your bonuses. I'm going to give you to a course that I've never published publicly. There you go. That's, that's your sweet, sweet bonus. So like I said, questions, you want to share your journal prompts with me. You just want to share with me in general. Um, I love your emails. I will always be grateful for your emails. I will always appreciate and take the time of knowing that you took the courage to email what technically is a random stranger on the internet. And I deeply value your vulnerability. So don't ever hesitate to email me or DM me or instant me or whatever, whatever, you know, being me things, you know, you can do everything short of being me a message. Cause I just haven't figured out that frequency yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really want you to focus on what does overflow look like for you. And it doesn't matter that it's realistic. The whole point is it doesn't need to be realistic for it to happen. So that being said, I'm going to go elevate my own little overflow into some pajamas and head to bed. Um, I love you guys. I deeply appreciate you. And I am so grateful that you listen to everything I have to share. Have a great night. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.